0: everyone. Welcome to Fire the Canon. This is the podcast where we read the books in the Western canon and decide if they belong or not. This time, in preparation for reading just such one of those books, I'm going to be talking to you about the author in not great detail, but definitely more detail than when we get if we would put this with the book conversation. So we're trying something a little bit new. We're going to just talk about the author. The
1: details better be great. I have to say that. Oh,
0: they're great. They are great. Okay. It's not going to be in great detail, but it's, the details themselves will be great, if that makes sense. Oh, sweet, sweet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: A few really good details. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, would uh, do you mind if we also introduce ourselves, Jackie? Me and Rachel?
0: Uh, I actually didn't introduce myself yet. Oh. Um, But, <laughs> yes, I'm Jackie.
1: I am one of the hosts. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who
2: are you? Now it's Rachel's turn.
1: I'm Rachel. I'm the other host of this delightful podcast.
2: And I'm Theo. Once again, I'm the executive producer. (laughs) And I'm coming to you live from the best of all possible worlds. Texas. Ah, See,
0: there's a Condit reference. Yeah, Texas. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so we decided we would like to try this because there are times when we're going to read multiple books by like the same author And it would be cool to, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with the author or, you know, vice versa, anybody who is familiar with the author and just wants to hear about the book, then they can Mm. just get into the plot and not have to listen to, like, 20 minutes of someone's biography. So if you want to skip that, you can. And if you just want to come here and learn about Voltaire,
1: here we are. And you do. Like, you do want to learn about Voltaire. Trust me, you do. This guy's a nut. (laughs) Let's crack this nut. Let's get going.
2: This is a genius idea.
1: So, oh, we will say this time Jackie is our only expert, and Theo and I, we're kind of audience surrogates. Mm. Yeah, so I've got
0: about 100 different facts about Voltaire, and three of them are bullshit, and we're going to see if they can figure it out. Is that true? Oh, really? No, I didn't do that. Okay. (laughs) But it is awesome for me, because I feel so free and light, because I know that Rachel can't figure out when I get things wrong. So I'm just going to be able to go and go and go. Oh,
1: I'll figure it out. I'm sorry, but I did take some philosophy courses. So I know a little bit about Voltaire.
0: Thank you for apologizing.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I unfortunately know a tiny bit about philosophy.
0: I did too, because I'm pretty sure UNC pretty much made everyone take some philosophy courses, right? Hmm.
1: German philosophy.
0: You took German philosophy? I took ethics.
1: Yeah, that was a mistake. Oh, I also took ethics. But the German philosophy course, I really kind of regret taking that, honestly. Wow. (laughs) I was so confused.
0: Now, where did Voltaire come in for either of those? Because he's not a German philosopher, and he wasn't in the ethics course.
1: Uh, I don't remember. But I took another class that talked about different, like, enlightenment stuff. So, Uh. who knows? Somebody recently asked me, like... (laughs) I was talking about an undergrad course that I took, and I was talking to someone who's a professor at a different university, like, in the same field. He was like, oh, who is your professor? And I had to say, I am so sorry, but I do not know. (laughs) Like, I have a vague image of what she looked like, but it has been 10 years, and it was one class.
2: (laughs) You should have just said, all professors, they're all the same, right? Yeah. They all just run together. It could have
1: been you for all I know, man. Something like that.
2: All those people like you, they're all the same.
1: That's crazy because
0: I thought about it and I was like, oh, I know who my ethics professor was. And then I was like, wait, no, I don't. I don't remember his name at all. Like I can see his face. I can remember the things he taught us.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. He used to start every single class
0: by, um, he would play the song Havana Moon by Chuck Berry on the speakers in this huge auditorium every day as we filed in for class. And I grew to really like that song. But now every time I hear it, it's just sitting in a little desk. You start
1: thinking about ethics.
0: Waiting to hear about, yeah, J.S. Mill or something. Oh. Huh. Isn't that a weird – I think like that's a weird, like, experiment that he did on us, but he never revealed the purpose. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that's ethical.
1: Well, you should Google, like – Go on JSTOR and look up Havana Moon ethics see if he explains.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe he wrote
1: a paper. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's an interesting song.
0: It's an interesting song from an ethical perspective because it's about um, – do either of you know the song? No. Sing it. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't.
2: I've heard of those two concepts separately.
0: Havana Moon. It's about a man who meets a woman in Cuba, in Havana, and she promises to come back for him the next day, and he's she's going to sail him to America, and they're going to start their new life together.
1: Where do the ethics come into play?
0: He, yeah, he goes down to the beach and waits for her and waits for her, and the boat never comes, so he drinks some rum, and he lays down, and he drinks more rum, but the boat, she don't come. And then he says, okay, well, I guess she lied. And then he uh, he he wakes up from his drunken stupor, and he sees that the boat is sailing away and the girl has been crying and crying, but he slept right through it, and he didn't trust her. He figured she, she lied and wouldn't come back. But Why
1: didn't she try to wake him up? Wasn't he right there?
0: I think she couldn't find him. Like, the, bo- the boat disembarked. <laughs> but
2: he was right there.
0: But he woke up in time to see the boat sailing away.
1: Wow.
2: Wait, so what are the ethics involved? Well, <laughs> no, you got this.
0: He thought she told a lie, oh. but... She didn't lie. Uh-huh. She should have trusted and held out his faith, but instead he just drank a bunch of rum and he was like, whatever. Oh. And the Havana moon's looking down on him
2: the whole time. That's what you get for not trusting people.
0: Yeah. Rachel, can you tell us what the enlightenment is?
1: <laughs> is this like a quiz or you're just serious about it?
0: No, just tell us. I didn't get to that part.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about it. Let me pull up the- Voltaire
0: was a great enlightenment philosopher. I know what it is. Just tell us uh, the basics of like- give the, Vol- Why the... don't you give
2: Voltaire's birth date for us?
0: Uh, well, he was baptized on November 22nd, 1694.
1: What's with Jackie always saying when people get baptized? <laughs> because it doesn't really
0: say their birth dates a lot of the time. Like, it says he was born November— Couldn't he tell us? It says his birthday is November 21st, and he was baptized the 22nd. But there's some confusion about his birthday because he, for some reason, later claimed that he was actually born in February of that year because he was the hmm. illegitimate son of some other guy. Oh. Hmm. Nobody knows which is true. Like, I don't know why he would make that up about himself.
2: He claims it like he wants to be the illegitimate child of.
0: I don't know. I don't know if he wanted that or I mean he was either 1 day old or he was 9 months old. Like there's there's a big difference there. So I don't know why nobody can remember. <laughs> 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 like did this kid have his eyes open at any point? Okay, he was probably not a day old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so what was the year though? What was the year though?
0: 1694. Ooh. Ooh okay. Yeah. 2 years after the Salem Witch Trials and he's Ooh. popping up in France like
1: we're going to have reason now. I'm here voila
2: (laughs) all those people in Salem are like oh I wish we knew about reason
1: wish you would have popped up two years earlier
0: (laughs) I wish this French baby would have come to save us before (laughs) all right so I'll start talking more about him whenever you want should I go now or do you want to say what the enlightenment is I'll talk about the enlightenment now
2: okay well now that we've contextualized him let's hear about the enlightenment
0: (laughs) now that we've contextualized the enlightenment it occurred around the time Voltaire was existing
1: yeah Okay, I'll just do like a really brief thing because maybe we'll do an episode with like someone who knows what they're talking about later, like a professor or something.
0: That'd be cool, yeah.
1: But basically, it happened in Europe roughly in the 17th and 18th centuries, but nobody, there's no like set start time. A lot of people argue depending on which book or which person brought it about. But the whole point of the Enlightenment is like, it's like a humanist philosophy and it's all about, it involves like the scientific revolution and sort of questioning dogma. So they were very much about using rationality. Using their brain cells. And sort of anti-monarchist in favor of religious freedom and human flourishing and like liber. And um, liberty and that sort of thing.
0: Anti-superstition, separation Mm. of church and state, things like that.
1: Yeah. So like the French Revolution came out of the Enlightenment, that sort of thing. I am curious because Jackie's boyfriend said he hates the Enlightenment. (laughs) And I'm kind of wondering if he said why. His exact
0: words were, fuck the Enlightenment. I don't know. Okay. I don't think he likes science.
1: (laughs) He doesn't like science. Doesn't
2: like science.
1: Yeah,
0: he says science is bad and no one should do it. Whoa.
1: Science is bad? <laughs> yeah. And no one should do it? <laughs>
2: well, he sure does like his cell phone games. Yeah. <laughs> for someone who doesn't like science. I don't know if he does. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it's a little, it's a sticky point for us because I'm in medical genetics, so I have a problem with that. But, you know.
2: Wait, what does he want instead of science?
0: <laughs> Magic.
2: <laughs> uh I, think I mean, if that was the alternative, <laughs> I would take that immediately. Yeah,
1: sure. Okay. If we have the choice, yes.
0: I think he wants everybody to just live and observe. I don't know. Well, I that's no science. To, I, don't, <laughs> I, can't speak. I don't know. He's, it doesn't make any sense to me. You ask him. Get him on and ask him why he hates science.
1: Look, I'm not putting that guy in the pod until he starts listening to the freaking pod. I'm still pissed about it. Yeah. Like. Honestly, my relationship with Joshua is deteriorating with every episode we release. <laughs> oh,
2: we should include a deterioration meter for each episode. Of
1: me and the relationship between me and Joshua. <laughs> Depending <laughs> yeah. on how good the episode is, yeah. Yeah, each of us should have a meter. Yeah, Theo's like
0: just basically stays the same. Rachel's goes continuously down. Mine probably fluctuates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for me, yeah, it depends on how much I think he would actually like the episode. Mm. So if it's an episode where I'm like Joshua would like this, then my opinion of him really plunges when he doesn't listen to it. Joshua won't like anything. (laughs) He He won't like anything? We should do
2: a birthday episode for him. We should do an episode that's a birthday episode that he would definitely like if he heard it.
0: I don't know what that could be.
2: We have to win him over.
1: I don't know if we have like, to. Like,
0: I truly don't know what my own boyfriend of eight years, I don't know what I could do to to make him
2: like to it. To make
1: him support you.
2: <laughs> I've come up with an amazing marketing strategy. For everyone who doesn't listen to our podcast, we make a birthday episode for them, each one. Uh-huh. And we'll get them to listen. Oh, you don't like it?
1: But they'll only listen to mm. one episode.
2: They'll get hooked.
0: And no one else will listen to any of them. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So. Hmm.
1: Well, that's the enlightenment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Voltaire is actually his pen name. He was born François-Marie Arouet, and he was from a low-ranking French nobility family. His dad wanted him to be a lawyer. He wanted to be a writer. <laughs> Classic conundrum, you know. Mm-hmm. His dad kept, like, sending him away to try to get him to be, like, an assistant to a notary or, like, a clerk for, like, some prominent law guy. But
1: If you want someone to be a lawyer, do not get them a job in the law. That is not the way to convince someone to become a lawyer.
0: <laughs> and don't tell them you want them to be a lawyer either. Like, tell them you don't want them to be a lawyer. Right. Right. Maybe that would work. He didn't adopt the name Voltaire until later in life. So at this time, he's like still in his late teens, early 20s, and he's he's in Paris where he's born. He pretends to work as this <laughs> assistant to the notary when actually he was spending his time writing. And I'm like, I don't know what
1: that— He Bartleby's
0: that dude. Yeah, but how did he convince his dad that he was like he just left the house every day and came home and was like, oh, yeah, a long day in the notary office? <laughs>
2: Oh, I lost my paycheck again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. Whoops. (laughs) Um, I don't think they. I don't think he needed to do it for the money. But in actuality, he was spending his time writing. And one of the things, like most people know about Voltaire, if you know anything, is that he was super, super prolific as a writer. And he wrote virtually like every kind of writing you can do, like poetry, plays, novels, philosophical tracks, like historical essays, all these things.
1: Sexual picaresque. (sighs) Is that a question? Yeah, I'm asking. Um, Did he write? <laughs> Fan fiction? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I didn't see any ex- uh, particular examples of that, but uh, probably at some point. I don't know. He had mistresses. He had lovers. In mm. fact, most scholars agree that he was probably bisexual, and we'll get into that a little bit. Not bad. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he was, uh, his dad found out about his pretending to have a job (laughs) or he did have a job, but he just never went to it, I guess, pretending to work. And he sent him to Normandy and, um, he totally changed his tune and no, he just, he did the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) He, again, pretended to work and just spent all his time writing. But he had, at this point, kind of begun making a name for himself. So he's like, uh, let's see, this was in, I think he was, like, again, 1920. But he was said to have had, like, a great wit. Like, he was so funny. He could make everyone in a room laugh. People described him as having these, like, dancing black eyes. And... He was said to be like one of basically the greatest entertainer of his age.
2: Whoa.
1: Whoa. Kind of like the Pete Davidson of the 1700s. (laughs) 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 Now, this is kind of a joke because I one time did get to see – I saw Pete Davidson before he was on SNL. He came to Duke and a friend was like, I got tickets to see this guy, but I can't go. Do you want them? So I took Steven and I was kind of excited because I'm like, I've never heard of this comedian before. It was the worst show I've ever seen. Oh, no. Like worse than (laughs) – just, you know, a friend's improv show or something. You know what I mean? He was so high and he was obviously like using it as a chance to test out new material. So he was literally just reading from flashcards and he would like start a joke and be like, eh, never mind, and flip to the other one. It was, <laughs> it was the worst show I've ever Whoa. seen. So I was like very against him. For a long time until he just like blew up. keeps hooking up with women. Now I'm like, okay, that's funny, keep going.
0: <laughs> that's funny, yeah. This is the greatest bit you've done, <laughs> that is um, that seriously, is kind of, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I basically didn't like him until he got with Kim Kardashian. I'm like, okay, you've done it, like, you've hooked up with enough women who are way too attractive for you that now it's a great bit. <laughs> now
0: it's great, yeah. I think that's pretty cool because
1: imagine
0: if someone had said, Yeah, I, I saw Harry Houdini and his early stages and it was such a stupid show you could easily see how he was gonna escape everything you could see all the
1: strings drunk out (laughs) of his
0: mind yeah and then you find out later you know who he becomes and he's legendary yeah you'd be like i got to see him trying out new material
1: (laughs) i don't know if i'd say pete davidson is like harry houdini level but sure (laughs) well if you punch him and he doesn't expect it he might die yeah
2: i feel like the people who i really admire they were probably you know trying really hard to start too
0: Yeah.
1: I'm wondering if Pete Davidson was like, this is just a college show. Like, (laughs) most of these kids don't care about me. They're just here because they can get tickets really cheap. But, like, I just found it very disrespectful of my time, honestly. He had a hard time. You know, his dad died in
0: 9-11. He was a firefighter. This was
1: a long time after that, Jackie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Rachel's a monster.
0: I had no idea. This was, like, the day after 9-11, and Rachel's like, ugh, he's such a bummer. It wasn't
1: very funny. He seemed
2: distracted. He wasn't a
1: bummer. He was just high. (laughs) Steven and I literally we almost left in the middle of the show. And I don't leave in the middle of things. Seriously. Look at this podcast. And the highness is not a problem
0: because I saw Hannibal Burris in Cincinnati. He was blazed out of his mind and it was the funniest thing. He just did a great show. It was an amazing show. Hmm. So Pete can't handle his (laughs) smoking I guess. Like some people can handle it. He can't. It's like
1: how uh, when you're studying on Adderall you have to take the test on Adderall you know. Yeah. And I'm thinking that maybe Pete wasn't high when he came uh, up with the material. Cannibals just always high. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, He's the hulk of marijuana. <laughs> do
2: you think that goes for everything? Like if you're coming up with jokes when you're hungry, then you have to be hungry every show to do those jokes? Maybe.
1: Yeah. I do, yeah, yeah.
2: Or, like, you have to pee. Oh, my gosh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I'm
1: like, hold on, I got to drink all this water or I won't
0: be funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just, like, dying to get off stage. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I just remember this Hannibal show. Like, I think he had to be high to just, like, cope with what was happening because it was uh, November 9th, <laughs> 2016. Mm. So it was the day after the election. Uh, and um, if you listen to one of our – what was our previous episode? One of our previous episodes, I, I told a story about someone calling me Hillary Clinton, and I'm very upset by it. Anyway, the next day, went to this show, and he just kept stopping every once in a while, and he'd say to himself, Donald Trump is president and then he goes <laughs> like he, it was just the funniest thing to him he was just like you know there was no moralizing there was no like I understand this is a sad time I mean
1: it is funny I know because it
0: was just like what are you gonna do now at this point
1: like one of the greatest posters of all time was the president yeah like his Twitter honestly now that he's not the president like his old tweets are so funny
0: <laughs> all right so uh, getting back to Voltaire his his tweets would have been great because he was apparently one of the most interesting people of the time oh yeah and so his writings that he wasn't supposed to be doing um got the attention of some prominent people so finally i think his dad this is his last attempt in 1713 voltaire's 19 he tries again his father tries again sends him to normandy or sorry no this time he sends him to the netherlands to work for a family friend this time he fucked it up because he fell in love with a protestant (gasps) her name was catherine Uh This was apparently a really scandalous affair. I'm not sure why, because he it's not like he was super Catholic. Like, Voltaire wasn't an atheist, but he certainly criticized the church a lot and was not religious. Like, he didn't follow the dogma.
1: It was a social class thing. It wasn't about, like, your personal beliefs.
0: Yeah, but uh, so—and she was a refugee as well. So um,
1: (gasps) his pet name for her was Pimpet.
2: (laughs) Pimpet. (laughs)
0: Little Pimp. What do you think about that, Theo?
2: (laughs) A little pimp.
0: Yeah. I don't even know how she got that name because her name was Catherine. <laughs> Her middle name was like Olymp or something, and he called her Pimpette.
2: But that's not, I mean, Pimp is not the.
0: What is it? Probably like a little pepper or something?
2: Yeah, something something like
0: that. <laughs> Lil Pimp. Lil Pimp. That's her name.
1: <laughs> Where? What does that mean? I'm going to look it up real quick.
2: <laughs> That'd be just the most humiliatingly generic rapper name you could come up with. I'm Lil Pimp. <laughs> I know, something just like,
1: oh
0: yeah, like I'm Young Thug or something.
1: Isn't that a real person?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> is it? I don't know.
2: It is. Oh, you didn't? I thought you were just making fun of Young Thug for some reason.
0: No, I actually just thought, like, that would be a stupid name.
2: Shots fired. Come at us, Young Thug. Um,
0: I don't know. When I Google Pimpette, all that comes up is Voltaire's girlfriend.
1: Yeah, I'm looking it up. Everything's just like, her nickname was Pimpette. I'm like, no, Why? Why was her nickname (laughs) Pimpette? How come nobody's talking about why?
2: Can you just Google translate it?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'll look it up.
2: I feel like Lil Pimp would rhyme like glad with sad. That's how bad Lil Pimp would be.
0: (laughs) Or he would rhyme sad with sad.
1: Pimpette. So according to Google Translate, Pimpette in French means pimple. But I don't know if that's (laughs) what it meant in the 1700s. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs)
0: You're a blemish on my family's social structure. Wow. (laughs) I shall call you (laughs) Pimpit.
2: So (laughs) anyway— (laughs) He didn't
0: get serious with her because it was just doomed from the start with a a name like that. And um, so he returned to Paris and (laughs) he spent a few years writing. Like during this time, he wrote different stuff. I'm not going to talk about that stuff. But he, like I said, was very famously not a big fan of authority, not a fan of the government, especially not if the government is run poorly. Like he, he had ideas about what a good government would be, but he did not think that the French government was that.
1: He was a sovereign citizen.
0: So in 1717, he's 23 now so still very young and he wrote this is the first of many 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 like i got i started getting tired of it when i was reading about him because he kept doing the same exact thing over and over again
1: oh my gosh satire
0: about someone important gets banished comes back does the exact same thing again repeat it's a
1: good bit though to do it a lot of times
2: yeah
0: but uh, well it helped him see the world too because he he kept getting kicked out of france
2: (laughs) that's why he's the pete davidson of the enlightenment
0: yeah Yeah, he was high as hell. So he wrote a satire in which he accused the Duke of Orlan Mm. of incest with his own daughter. Mm. Ew.
2: But is it true?
0: People loved doing that. They loved accusing other people of incest. I don't think it was true. Mm. He was imprisoned in the Bastille, which is this, you know, the famous Parisian prison, um, in a windowless cell with 10-foot-thick walls for 11 months. And I'm just thinking of these 10-foot-thick walls, like— that sounds like you're trying to keep his ideas from getting out. Like, mm-hmm. did they think he was just going to get in there and be like, he fucked his daughter. <laughs>
2: just yelling through the wall. Yeah.
0: Philippe <laughs> II is
2: a freak.
1: <laughs>
0: and
2: people are just loving it, so they're staying on the other side with their ear against the wall. Yeah,
1: yeah. Got a little cup. <laughs> yeah oh my (laughs) gosh he said this guy's a freak
2: (laughs)
0: apparently the bestie at this time like especially if you were kind of like a a, a an eliter a more elite member of society like voltaire was um or from a good family it was a pretty cushy place to be like you could bring your own furniture your own staff like you just had to stay in one place
1: that sounds fine to me
0: Mm, free rent.
1: Sounds like literally all the rest of us. Well, not free. You have to pay for it.
0: No, you don't have to pay.
1: If you don't pay extra, it's just like a stone room and they give you like gruel. But if you have money, you can have a private chef and like silk wall hangings and stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's no sing-sing or anything. Like, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Mm. So he, he got
0: out, and now it's 1718, and right after he gets out of prison, that's when he adopts the name Voltaire, and he uses that for the rest of his life. Mm. So they're not really sure where Voltaire came from. It's They think it could be like an anagram of his old name, which was Ahouet, A-R-O-U-E-T. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But anyway, so he did that, but I read a couple different reasons for why he changed his name. Mm. He wasn't really ever clear about it, but— His name, as it was, again, our way, sounds very similar to the French words... Ah, Rue, which is to be beaten up, and Rue, which is an old debaucherous man. Okay. (laughs) So I think he was like, I'm not into always being made fun of for having my name sound
1: like this. (laughs) It's crazy that he wrote so much, and yet he didn't think to just be like, here's why I picked my pen name. (laughs) I don't think he wanted people to know,
0: and he was rumored to have had up to like 187 different pen names that he used in his lifetime, so that wasn't his only one.
2: Really? Probably because
0: he was always getting in trouble every time he wrote something he got kicked out of the country that's true he should have just stopped making his pen names like anagrams of his real names because it was too easy to figure out Mm -hmm. but yeah (laughs) so his his original name sounded a lot like those and so he he does some more writing eight years later Mm -hmm. in 1726 some like aristocrat guy made fun of him for changing his name or was like taunting him about it or something which i'm like it's been eight Years, yeah. Is the joke really that funny anymore? Get over it. So uh, remember, his name sounds like old debaucherous man and to be beaten up, and so he says like, "Oh, I'm making fun of you for changing your name." Voltaire says, "My name will be remembered." for generations your name is going to be tarnished by your behavior and yet and yet it's Vol- yeah he was right Voltaire is still remembered
1: <laughs> but we remember that guy too only because he made fun of Voltaire yeah so he got the last laugh
0: and actually his name was Rohan his family name was Rohan
2: whoa <laughs> nice. well I think a better comeback would have been are you making fun of my name you should see little pimple over there
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pimpette, come here. i <laughs> got a job for you. <laughs> yeah, <made> fun of. <laughs> little pimp. Yeah, so in response to him saying that, the aristocrat sent a bunch of thugs to beat him up, which I thought was oh. funny because it's like he tried to change your name <laughs> to get away from this, and now you're getting beaten up for changing your name.
1: A nice try. Mm.
0: In retaliation, Voltaire challenged the guy to a duel, and the guy who he challenged to the duel like had a very powerful family, so instead of like agreeing to fight the duel— They just imprisoned him in the Bastille again with no trial. And he was worried that he would be stuck there forever. So he asked if he could just, instead of going to prison, he said, can I just be exiled to England instead?
1: A fate worse than death. the
0: French, who were huge snobs, yeah, were like yeah, sure, go to England. Not to an English prison. Just move to England. That's (laughs) bad enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's worse than living in a small windowless cell. (laughs) Uh, So he does. He goes to England for
2: two and a half years and he has a pretty good time. (laughs) What? Yeah, he
1: does. It was supposed to be a fate worse than death.
2: I mean, imagine that that's one of your options now as a negotiating thing if you're being sentenced to prison.
0: (laughs) And imagine if it was still England. Like, hey, instead of (laughs) me going to the (laughs) Hamilton (laughs) County Jail, can you just send me to london for a while
2: just how like england (laughs) used to ship all their criminals to australia like the u.s just starts doing that to england but they don't mention it (laughs) yeah they don't mention that they're doing it (laughs) it's just like a a cool
0: program we're trying out
2: (laughs) why are there so many undocumented americans in england now what's going
0: on we could try it with antarctica honestly like there aren't any natives there do you know how
1: uh, much it would cost to keep people in antarctica compared to just regular prison which is already very expensive (laughs)
2: You just release them. Well,
1: yeah,
0: they, they have to live on their own.
1: So they would just die. I don't know if that would work as well.
2: Rachel.
0: No. Not the not the smart, not the good ones. Not the ones uh, who <laughs> made it with the penguins. and
1: Mated with the penguins?
0: Made it. Like made
2: they're living with the that penguins. That still sounds like are yeah. having sex with them. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're
2: Not mated, mated.
1: <laughs> that means the same thing.
2: Um, my, yeah, if somebody tells me they made it with a penguin, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, Yeah,
1: I'm still going to write a satire about them. <laughs>
0: what if they said it about a whole bunch of penguins? No, that's... <laughs> yeah. I didn't
2: say mated with the penguins. I said, had sex with the penguins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. So he goes to England. Unless they're talking about that hockey team, we're going to have a problem.
2: Wait, what do you... Wait, so what do you... Wait, so you, what do you you mean by made it. Unless just
0: like, I don't know, I was just being stupid. Like if they like somehow become part of the penguin colony and like huddle together for warmth, then that's how they survive.
2: Oh, I see.
1: I mean, like they had it made or something. Oh uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, compared to being dead, yeah, that is having it made. No, but th- we're just laughing not because we're like, oh man, living with a penguin is terrible, but because that if someone's talking about having sex with someone, they're like, oh yeah, they made it with blah blah blah.
0: Yeah, that means I huddled in with their whole family and we all just hung out. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was accepted as part of the clan. <laughs> and that
2: is how I survived the winter. <laughs> That's what made it means.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ask Mr. Popper. He had a great time with his penguin.
1: Well, they lived with him. <laughs> and Jackie, you're still making it sound sexual.
2: <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter, Jackie.
1: I. This is the same thing that
0: always happens. I say something totally innocuous. That was not <laughs> innocuous. <laughs> and then they make it gross because they're gross. <laughs> no, you're gross.
2: Okay, Rachel's the nasty one in this episode.
0: No, I'm not. Look, I have a two page outline to talk about with Voltaire. I didn't put penguins in here. I'm not supposed to be smart about penguins, okay? If I don't make sense, it's because I wasn't ready.
2: She didn't plan for penguins, Rachel. Yeah, Come you on. never pl- You never expect uh, penguins. Yeah.
0: All right, keep going. So he moves to England and he did have a good time there and he was fascinated by He made the, it with the the English. English <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> he, um, he probably did. <laughs> he probably had sex with most people in London at the time. He's like the Timothy Chalamet of the Enlightenment. <laughs>
1: He's like the Pete Davidson of England.
0: <laughs> He's like the Timothy Chalamet of Pete Davidson. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: perfect. <laughs> he was pretty interested in their government, which was a constant is a constitutional monarchy as opposed to France's government which was like an absolutist, like an absolute monarchy, um which I had to educate myself about which Basically, is what it sounds like. The king has all the power. There's no like constitution or parliament to hold him in check. Yeah. And so he was like, oh, this is cool how England does this. Like the king doesn't have 100% of the power. And he also was interested in Shakespeare. And I thought this was funny because so Shakespeare. Did they hook up? No, 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 no. He was, I think he was dead.
2: He'd be dead. <laughs> oh, okay. In
0: 1713 or whatever this was. No, no, no. This is longer. This is like 1730 something. Hmm. Cut that out. No, this was longer. This was 1720 something. <laughs> But still, <laughs> Shakespeare was not well known on the continent yet. Like he wasn't really famous anywhere except for England, which I was like, oh. "Whoa, that's crazy." But it probably was like right after he died. He liked Shakespeare's plays, and he was like, "Wow, French plays really could have something to learn from Shakespeare. like they're <gasps> they're, you know, sophisticated, but there's not enough like action. But then, as soon as Shakespeare's plays started becoming popular in France, he changed his mind and he was like, no, they're they're too barbarous." like they're barbarous. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the original hipster, right? Like, "Oh, it's cool. I don't like it anymore then." Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah.
2: That was my impression of him, and that he would just like change his opinion and be equally insulting towards whatever he thought. That like, was your
0: impression of Voltaire? Mhm. F- from before I talked about him cuz I haven't really said
2: anything about that yet. <laughs> from re- sorry, from reading Candide and like the footnotes. It just seemed like You read uh, Candide? Yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it.
0: <laughs> you shouldn't have
2: said that, Theo. That's a mistake. <laughs> I would like to give a very heartfelt thank you to a new patron. Can you guess which one?
1: Uh, Tristan?
2: No, he's an old patron, Ooh, but ironically a young uh, patron.
1: Uh, Dolly.
2: It's Dolly. Yay. She is a great patron, a wonderful aunt, and a... Superb person.
1: A great patron, but not a great aunt. She's a regular aunt.
2: She's a regular aunt. And she... She's been with me since I was a little kid. <laughs> but honestly, she would like she would babysit me and my brother, and uh, we had a great time with her all the time. Storybook Weaver writing some stories, you know how it goes. One time when I was at her apartment, we found some Pokemon cards in a tree outside the apartment, and then she let me and my brother each take one.
1: <gasps> yeah, how many were there?
2: Uh, probably like sixty.
1: What you only each got to take one.
2: Well, she was like, well, somebody's going to come back. <laughs> this is a weird thing, Now that I think about it. She's like, somebody's probably going to come back for them. So, so only steal one each. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny to think that they would <laughs> they would come back for their Pokemon cards and you're like, what happened to these two cards? Like, why did I find all of the others? But not
1: Which one did you pick? Do you remember?
2: Uh, I don't know, but I bet it was rare.
1: Or just cool looking. Sometimes little kids don't make the right choice in terms of Pokemon.
2: I was making the right choice by that time. Okay. At the beginning, I was not. But by that time, uh, Seth schooled me on which was the right choice to make.
1: Originally, what qualities were you looking for in a Pokemon card?
2: Uh, Whatever my neighbors would trick me into trading. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically just like they would just take advantage of my youngness and foolishness. Um. Okay. There are lots of other things about Dolly than- just her allowing <laughs> just you to steal. She let yeah. us steal one Pokemon card each. Yeah. She's really a wonderful aunt and she has great stories she's a great storyteller she's a great singer she just has a great vibe
1: she's a great vibe
2: it's true i believe it she actually does have a really great vibe
1: i'd love to experience that vibe someday yeah her name just sounds
0: very positive to me something about doly like i don't know anybody else named doly so i'm just like
1: That's her. That's all her.
2: It is a fun name. Do you know what her full name is? Dolores.
1: Dolores means pain. That's why it's funny that Jackie's like, what a positive vibe. Well, because Dolores Or like sorrow, I guess. Not really pain. Pain Painy. Painy. (laughs) Sadnessy.
0: Sorry, my phone died. I'm back now. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Dolly. Oh my
1: gosh. Thank you. Thanks, Dolly. Da-da-da. Love ya. <laughs> it sounds sarcastic when I do it like that, but I mean it. Thank you.
2: Audience, if you'd like a shout out, just like we just gave to Dolly, just go to our Patreon and just become a patron. <laughs> it's just $3 a month to get access more. to all of our bonus content. And it's just a little more to get access to other special features.
0: You'll just get our bonus content. And
1: you lot. will become a patron just by going to patreon.com slash fire the cannon mm-hmm. just give us your credit card number you don't need to give us anything else <laughs> your address yeah. so we can send you stuff oh.
2: we're talking to you justin justine <laughs> I, I don't know a Justin. okay <laughs> all, right. all right well i think that was a fair and just plug for our patreon <laughs> now back to the episode which is just great <laughs>
0: Okay, back to Voltaire. After two and a half years, he was allowed to go back to France. This was super weird. So he apparently, like, went to dinner with a mathematician friend of his, and they got to discussing the lottery. I didn't know they had lotteries in the 1700s, but Mm. I guess they did in some— It was the same kind of thing where, like, they were—the government was doing it to raise money for something. What? Yeah. And he talked with this mathematician, and the mathematician was like, there's a loophole that you can use to, like, game the system and win the lottery. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, you just buy a lot. Buy, of lottery yeah, buy tickets. all
1: the tickets. <laughs>
0: that was it. That was it. It was buy all the lottery tickets. And I was like, Did you need a mathematician to tell you
1: that?
2: That's not a loophole. <laughs> I figured something out
1: using complex math. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it, surely the the full amount of the lottery is less than all of the tickets, right?
0: Uh, no. Uh, I guess that was the most complex math you had to do was just count up the price. So he won over a million lira or whatever. And he, at that point
2: was undisputably rich. So it worked. Wait, how do you even <laughs> buy all the tickets? You just, <laughs> I don't know. Like there's a line forming behind you and you just say one more, one more, one more, and just keep buying them.
1: Give me all the tickets. <laughs> you send
0: everyone, you know, to every gas station in Paris. And
2: yeah, because, <laughs> well, I, if somebody has to sell you these lottery tickets, they're going to realize what you're doing. Right. If you're buying all of them. I mean, I guess you got a friend to buy half and uh, yeah
0: well maybe that's the loophole part is like hey here's how you buy all the tickets at one time or something I don't know but that (laughs) didn't take a mathematician to figure out to me (laughs) it's like saying like look here's how you win this war you just have to kill all the soldiers all of them (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> but like our, our lotteries now, you someone doesn't win every time, right? But I guess back then somebody did win every time, like the way they had it set up.
1: Well, also we don't know how the lottery was run back then.
2: Yeah, it was probably a little different. It sounds worse
1: maybe we can look into it at a later date and we'll do a Patreon bonus episode about the French
2: lottery. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it all about the lottery. There's all
0: kinds of funny examples throughout history, even pretty recent history, like in the past couple decades where companies like are just too naive and they offer something crazy, not realizing it's going to bankrupt them. And like, I think companies and governments like this running lotteries now understand like people will take advantage of things like this. (laughs) At the Mm -hmm. time, they probably didn't, honestly. Mm.
2: I I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm shocked that they had a lottery to raise money. Like, it was run by the government? Yeah. I, I was under the impression that the king could just walk around and take people's money if he wanted to back then. Yeah. So, like, why do you need a lottery? <laughs> I, didn't,
0: I didn't expect you guys would have the most questions about this, so hold on. <laughs> <want>
2: see. <laughs> well, we
1: want to try to apply this to our own lives. Yeah. Obviously. Sure.
2: We can also put an asterisk and say, see bonus episode forthcoming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this mathematician friend proposed buying up the lottery that was organized by the French government to pay off its debts. To pay. I don't off understand how debts. it could have made money.
1: Well, you just give out less less money than you take in. But then how did Voltaire make money? I don't like, know. How, how does anyone
0: make money in this situation?
2: <laughs> I don't know. That must be a genius mathematician.
1: Well, maybe, okay, maybe it's not a loophole to prospering from the lottery. It's literally just a loophole to winning. Just to win? Yeah. No,
0: because because he was not quite rich b- before it, but then he was undisputably rich after it. So I don't mm-hmm. know; the numbers don't add up. Somebody who understands, tell me. But so
1: that's crazy that Theo and I were right though with our guess <laughs> of the loophole.
0: I know. Well, <laughs> you can probably tell I was being sarcastic. <laughs> um, this is why people like the IQ of people just goes up every generation because you guys instantly you're basically as smart as the most brilliant mathematician of the Enlightenment.
2: <laughs> wow, yeah. we're both that smart.
0: So. In 1734 after having come back from England and thought about their government he he published his letters concerning the English nation and this was a huge problem for him um the french were not happy about it it compared it was them- like
1: pro england
0: yeah, it compared them unfavorably to, like, the English government and their customs. And so it was publicly burned and banned, and he had to flee Paris again right after he had just gotten there. <sighs> However, this this is where it gets interesting. It was lucky for him because he got exiled right as he was starting up this relationship with the woman who had become the great muse and love of his life. So
1: Wait, that's lucky?
0: Well, because he could uh, go and stay with her. Oh, okay. Oh, is what I was okay. gonna say. So she had a chateau outside of Paris.
1: Oh,
2: love a chateau. So he
0: gets he gets exiled, but he goes to hang out with her. Name is uh, Emily du Chatelet, and she's a married mother of three, twelve years younger than him. Oh, yeah. Well, at this time, for some reason, everybody just kind of took different lovers, and it. I think like her husband even knew because
1: you never you don't marry for love, so who cares. Like, I don't give a fuck what this person does. I don't like them at all. Right. And in fact, it said that, like, he would stay with
0: her in her in her chateau, like, her cottage, and the husband would come and just hang out with them. Be like, Whoa. I'm going to come hang out with my wife and her lover. And, like, it wasn't a big deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, if here's the thing. If everybody's allowed to have lovers, including the wives, I'm fine with it. But if only the husbands get to, I'm pissed.
0: Yeah. So he went to go stay with her. And they were just very, very well intellectually matched. Like, together they gathered over 21,000 books— which the source I read said, which was an astonishing number of books for the time. And I'm like, for the time. <laughs> 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 I'm kind of working on it. <laughs> like if I casually said like, hey, I have 21,000 books, but I mean it is 2022, so it's not that impressive.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody's got right. that many books these days.
0: <laughs> Everybody has a 1,000 books for every year of the <laughs> Roman calendar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, so they would like stay up late and throw parties and put on plays and like just have a great time. Pretty shortly after this, Frederick the Great, the King of Prussia, comes in. So the King of Prussia, Frederick the Great, was almost certainly gay, and he had been a fan of Voltaire's for a long time, and he struck up a correspondence with him, and they would write back and forth to each other for years before ever meeting. Whoa. Their letters were, like, flirtatious, kind of, but then it turned into more of, like, a a serious intellectual friendship or whatever. And that's honestly kind of the same thing that happened with Emily, like— They were lovers for a long time, but eventually they kind of turned more into, like, platonic friends who like to do intellectual things together. Nerd bros. Nerd bros. Emily wanted more, though, I think, and Voltaire was getting kind of tired of her. Anyway— so, Frederick the Great, <laughs> after years of correspondence, invites Voltaire to stay with him, but did not invite Emily. What? And she was like, I don't love that. Yeah, he just invited him. Mm. And he was like, don't worry, Emily. Like, I'm never going to leave you.
1: But here I go to stay at the king's house. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Who the, the gay king who doesn't want you to come. So, <laughs> we're going to come back to the king of Prussia, but remember him. So, now it's 1744. He's still living with Emily. And at this point, he's 50 years old. And he is starting to get kind of bored. Like, he cares about her a lot, but he they're not, like, having the fiery, passionate romance. Mm-hmm. And he falls in love—Rachel's gonna hate this—with his niece.
1: <laughs> Jackie, on the other hand, loves that.
0: Ooh. I don't love it, but I am saying it was— Fairly normal at the time, but um to hook up with your much younger niece. Yeah, she was thirty-two-year-old Marie Louise Mignot, and they were
1: Look, cousins are better than I would much rather someone hook up with their cousin than their niece.
0: Well, this is a whole this is a whole degree closer of relationship. This is a second degree relative.
1: I know. Yeah, that's that's incest. Like cousins, Jackie's like, that's not incest. Niece? Okay, fine.
0: It's considered a consanguineous relationship. Incest, if you look at it, you know, the common definition is one. One or two degrees of relationship. Yuck. Cousins don't fall into that, but aunts and uncles do. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, not not great.
1: I would be so pissed if that was my brother.
0: I would kill him, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how his sister felt about it. It was his sister's daughter. His letters to her were very sexual. They weren't discovered until 1957, actually. So for a long period of history, people didn't know about this. Whoa. So they had a a lot of sex. And later, much later, he would move in with her and he would actually stay with her until he died. But... Just like with Emily and just like with Frederick the Great, eventually, like, after not too long, they stopped having a sexual relationship and they just became friends. And it's
1: like, Uh, just friends. You mean they just became uncle and niece?
2: It just became
0: family. Just a mere a, uncle. A mere
1: uncle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a while, he was more than a mere uncle, but now he's just yeah. back to mere uncle status. But in the meantime, Emily took a new
0: lover because <gasps> Voltaire had lost interest in her, and that lover got her pregnant, and she died in childbirth at the age of 44.
1: Oh, Oof. damn it.
0: Yeah, that's that's old to have a baby, but it happens. Um, And the baby, unfortunately, died too. So ah. Voltaire, after Emily died... Moved in with Frederick the Great, like moved to Brussels and lived with him. Might as well. It's not Brussels, sorry. He lived in, I guess he lived with him in Prussia. But he got in trouble with Frederick because he wrote a satirical document about one of his friends and Frederick was so mad about this that he had the document burned and like kicked him out. Or no, sorry, he wanted, he wanted to, he wanted, Voltaire wanted to leave at this point because it said like Frederick found living with him much harder than he anticipated. Like he just wasn't a a good roommate or something. (laughs)
1: Roommate? It was a palace. You never need to see each other.
0: Yeah,
2: right. I guess
0: he just like had this infatuation with him from afar, but in practice, he was like, this guy's driving me insane.
2: Well, he never even saw him when he was falling in love with him, right?
0: There were probably paintings of him. Mm. He was a good-looking guy, I have to say, in his youth. He
1: probably heard that he had dancing black eyes. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of pictures of him. He looks like a like a literal clown to me.
2: Hey.
0: Oh, yeah, when he when he's older and he's wearing, like, the powdered wig and stuff. Yeah. But I think I, I tried to see him as a young man without the wig, and I was like, okay, okay, I can see it. <laughs> I see those dancing black eyes, just doing the the or whatever they're doing in there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think anyone who gets the title "the great" if they're mm-hmm. you know showering you with attention, you know it's going to be hard to resist that, don't you think? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All of Thea's girlfriends were known as X the Great. Speaking from experience.
2: (laughs) X the Great, yeah. That's how I refer to them. I don't wanna name all
1: your ex-girlfriends.
2: Did you mean X like the variable or EX?
1: Like the variable. (laughs) X the lesser. Yeah. Um, So
0: Voltaire wanted to leave at this point, but Frederick like wouldn't let him leave, but then eventually did. And the problem was that Voltaire took with him a book, which was a book of satirical poetry that Frederick had written about other rulers at the time. Whoa. So this was like a very damning thing he took with him that he could use to blackmail him.
2: People got to stop doing satire. I know, <laughs> uh, I know. It just causes everyone problems. Like, what is the appeal? Really? Stop writing satires.
1: <laughs> and this was Frederick that did this. You're a king. I know. <laughs> the other thing is, if you're a guy who your whole thing is writing satires about like, kings and royalty why would you hook up with a king like what do you think's gonna happen also to the king also why would the king invite him i guess he was like as long as he's just making fun of my rival kings i love it but like come on dude you're not special Mm. that's his whole thing is making fun of people like come on (laughs) he
0: also i mean this isn't as interesting but he was more than just like a friend or whatever he was to Frederick he also like had a role in his court but that wasn't very interesting so anyway the first thing that I saw just said like It was just a book that he borrowed, and Frederick made a huge deal about it. And I was like, that's weird. And then I looked more into it, and it wasn't just a book. It was a a book of damning things that he had written about other people. It was like the burn book from Mean Girls
2: or something. Yeah, it's like the burn book from Mean Girls almost. Yeah.
0: So he was trying to get back to Paris from Frederick's palace, um, but Frederick sent a convoy of, like, soldiers to stop him and get that book back, um, which apparently was very embarrassing for Voltaire. So he— had a struggle, gave it up. 1759, he published his Candide, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. And then from 1762 until his death, which occurred in 1778, he had such a a reputation for being a famous intellectual that he could pretty much just say whatever he wanted. And so he, like, advocated for separation of church and state, and he was very into, like, helping the causes of people who he thought were, like, unjustly prosecuted. He had some views, like, he he was anti-slavery, but he didn't actually have, like, very good views on race he rejected adam and eve which was like you know saying we all came from like a single source okay and he had this idea that all races had separate origins Mm. and somehow like black people were a little bit less human than white people Mm -hmm. he still felt like it was bad to enslave them but he also had that kind of weird there was a lot
1: of actually like (laughs) anti-slavery racists who were literally like It's bad for white people to have black people around us, so we shouldn't have slavery. Like, that was like an opinion. There were plenty of people who were against slavery because of how racist they were. (laughs) That's bad. I do it's
0: like I almost want to give him a weird credit. It's like you that's a terrible thing that you think and it's stupid and false. But also like If
1: everyone's gonna be racist anyway, yeah. They might well, as well so
0: many people use inhumanity as like an excuse to say, like, oh, it does they don't mind. Like God doesn't mind, it's fine, we can we can enslave other people. But he's like, No. They are inhuman, and we still shouldn't enslave them. <laughs> yeah. Weird. You were so close, so close. <laughs> Just like you fucked up that one part. Yeah.
1: Practically speaking, if yeah. someone is going to be racist anyway, which they almost basically all were, it's much better to be <laughs> racist and uh, anti-slavery.
0: <laughs> but um, so he was a, a famous hypochondriac, and his entire life he'd been like telling people, like, "I'm about to die. Like it's happening anytime now. I can tell it. I'm, I'm on. I'm on the verge of death." But he, he outlived almost everyone he knew, and he died at 83. Oh, gosh. I read that he had pretty bad dental disease, so he was kind of in bad shape. Like, from his 50s, he had no teeth, and his, it said his face collapsed because he didn't wear a dental prosthetic. But anyway, people don't really know for sure if he, like, made a confession on his deathbed. Most people think he didn't. He did not accept Catholic rites. And because he had criticized the church so heavily, he actually was not allowed to be buried in Paris. So he is dead and he's still exiled again. In Paris? So he— Whoa. <laughs> They wouldn't allow him a, a Christian burial. So
1: they're like, for old times' sake, let's kick you out of Paris once more. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. As a single tear rolls down their cheek. <laughs> Good times, old friend. Good
1: times. He died the way he lived, being kicked out of Paris. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So his friends
0: managed to secretly bury him in a chapel in Champagne or Champagne, however you would say it. Mm -hmm. But then after more than a decade they realized Voltaire was like a great figure and he was allowed his remains were brought back and he was entombed in the Pantheon and i've seen his tomb wow Congrats. which at the time i didn't really think anything of it i was just like oh i've heard that name hmm. but
1: now you're like wow that guy worked so hard to get buried here or like he did everything he that could guy, No, not that guy get worked so hard there.
0: to not get buried here and here he is <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> and uh his his brain and his heart were embalmed separately so. what about his
1: peen
2: hey do
1: they split that up rachel it was important to him uh that they
0: entombed with his niece. Nice.
2: <laughs> That's interesting. You said his friends snuck him into a... Uh,
0: yeah, uh, like they knew somebody who was the parishioner of this other chapel in a different uh, city surely not parishioner he he was the guy who ran the church i don't know he wasn't the priest
1: like the guy in charge of the church
0: yeah groundskeeper
1: yeah the, the groundskeeper <laughs> like the janitor
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they eleanor rigby him right in there and uh he was allowed to stay there for some time is that
1: what eleanor rigby is about yeah being <laughs> friends with like a monk and sneaking your friend's body in to be buried
0: yeah it is? No, no. Yeah. Well, she's like the caretaker of the church, right? We, we've we got to get Jacob on the pod. <laughs> I don't need Jacob for this. Come
2: on. <laughs> okay. That makes a little more sense. I was picturing at night one time they just carried his body into a place and buried it somewhere, which I thought, wow, those are real friends right there.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't say they didn't do that. It, it did say they had to do it in secret because – yeah, he, he wouldn't have been allowed. He wasn't a Christian.
2: You guys are good friends, but I don't think you would really want to be handling my body or anything. Like, even if it's in a coffin, right? Like I would do it. Really?
1: If it's what you wanted. I'm not that freaked out by dead people, to be honest with you.
2: Well, the thing is, I'm courteous. So if that were the case, like, if I wanted you to carry me somewhere, I would turn into ashes. You know
0: how they do. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cremate. Well, you know, if I needed to transport your dead body somewhere and inter it secretly, I mean, I wouldn't like
1: doing that. If you started to smell bad, I wouldn't like it, but I would still do it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I would just probably put you in a Tupperware or something. You know, something like Oh, cre- what?
1: His whole body in a Tupperware?
0: Like a big one. Yeah,
2: you gotta get a big but the,
0: one. Those are expensive, Theo. You know, like those big plastic things from the, the storage <sighs> store, like the container store? That's like $70, so you're gonna have to front <laughs> me a little bit. Yeah. I'm not wasting a perfectly good container on your... Corpse. Body.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. just do some like uh toilet paper and paper mache and make me a mummy, and then you can carry me a lot easier. Oh
1: right. You gotta get that brain out your nose. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's why they put his brain in his heart
0: somewhere else? They were like, oh, God, we just gotta take something out of this. We can't <laughs> yeah. fit the lid it's on. Like heavy. it's gotta have that safe lock technology.
1: <laughs> or like they only know a couple things about mummies. And they're like, I know they take some stuff out. So let's just quickly Okay, he's a mummy now.
0: <laughs> or like we think the mind is either in the heart or the brain. We're not sure. Let's just take them both. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's how mummies do it.
0: Um. So that's Voltaire. And then we're going to talk about his most famous work, Candide, um, on a later episode. But knowing this stuff about him, I th- I think was just really fun. He was just an interesting guy. I would have liked to have met him, hmm. partied with him. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he would have to wear protection.
1: Protection.
0: Seems like he's riddled with disease, probably.
1: <laughs> a full body condom <laughs> if he's going to party with Jackie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not even going to shake his hand. <laughs> but,
1: okay, so Voltaire Voltaire was a theist, correct? He was not an atheist. He wasn't really – was he agnostic? I know he believed in God. Yeah, towards the end of his life, he, he has a
0: famous quote that he said, I die loving God and not hating my enemies and loving my friends and blah, blah, blah. So he – he believed in God. He loved God, but he didn't have like a a system or anything.
1: Was he definitely not a Christian, or was he basically kind of like a Thomas Jefferson Christian, where they were like they would just take a little bit of stuff? He was definitely not a
0: Christian. Yeah, like the priest came and he turned away and supposedly said, "Let me die in peace."
1: I mean, that's a Catholic thing.
0: But I don't, I don't know if he was. I, I don't think he was a Christian. I mean, he wasn't allowed to be.
1: Well, that because it was all Catholic. What I'm saying is, like at the time the boundaries of Christianity were, like, very weird. Mm-hmm. Like, the beliefs that people had, and they would still consider themselves to be Christian. Like, like the deists, for example. I think you have to
0: focus on Jesus at some point, right? He I never mean, really said anything. I mean, that's the thing.
1: Is, like, I think Jefferson, who was a deist, considered himself a Christian, but he, like, never really cared about Jesus. He was all like, oh, God just made the universe and then set it ticking. It, I'm just saying, like, the beliefs at the time, were so expansive that I I don't know. I'm just curious. I looked it
0: up, and it does say he was a lifelong deist, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's people just—I'm just curious about what he would have called himself as opposed to would he fit within the doctrine that people today would accept. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean, it's looking like he's not a fan of the church, at least. I mean, it's just he's not really religious. He's just, like, more spiritual. spiritual. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: All right. Well, I feel like we've learned enough about Voltaire. What about you guys?
0: I think I've learned enough about Voltaire. What about you, Thea? Mm. Do you remember reading Candide? Like, did you know anything about him before? When did you read it?
2: I read it last year.
0: <laughs> huh. Did we talk about that?
2: I think so. It's weird. There's some weird stuff in it.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening to this, guys. We hope you liked it. And even if you're popping in here so that you just learned about Voltaire and you haven't really listened to us or any of our plot summaries of other things before, we're glad you're here and we hope you come
2: back. Um, Should I just list off some Voltaire quotes to round off the episode?
0: Please. Sure. But slip in a quote from Pete Davidson at some point and let us see if we can figure it out.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, here's just a string of Voltaire quotes. If God did not exist it would be necessary to invent him.
0: That's Pete Davidson.
2: (laughs) Whatever you do, crush the infamy. What does that mean?
0: Yeah, I like that one. That has good energy.
2: Common sense is not so common.
0: Ugh, I don't like that one. (laughs) Did he really say that? I don't know if that one's true.
2: (laughs) It says it's from Voltaire Philosophical Dictionary. He wrote a philosophical dictionary, apparently. Hmm. How about this one? The secret of being a bore is to tell everything.
1: Oh, gosh. That's what our podcast does.
2: (laughs) Um, Love truth, but pardon error.
1: Okay. Okay. I could do that.
2: I detest what you write, but I would give my life to make it possible for you to continue to write.
0: Isn't that, like, people bastardize that and say, like, I would I, I may don't agree not agree with, with what, what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Yeah.
1: Okay, do it. Yeah. Coward. What are you going to fight? <laughs> yeah, who's trying to stop me?
2: I was the class clown in high school, but I always took it too far. So nobody <laughs> liked me. I was annoying. Like I would get a laugh and then keep going and keep going.
1: It's got to be
0: Voltaire. <laughs> so nobody liked me, the most entertaining man in history.
2: <laughs> this is so funny. Twenty famous Pete Davidson quotes, and it sort of sounds like they just like <laughs> watched an interview and transcribed it.
0: Yeah, so famous. I was a class clown in high school.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, Rachel. This this one kind of applies to your experience with Pete Davidson.
0: Is it a Voltaire quote? We'll see. We'll see which one. We don't know. Where yeah, we're let's get. find out.
2: I always wanted my stand up to feel like not just a show, but like you're hanging out with someone for an hour. I like to just talk.
1: Yeah, just hang
2: out with somebody for an hour. But he
1: had cue cards. <laughs>
2: oh, you don't use those in conversation?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think I ever
0: Well, he have. wasn't using them, Rachel. He had them, but he was just throwing them away. <laughs> Honestly,
1: <laughs> I don't think anyone liked it. There was like hardly any laughing. <laughs>
0: it feels
2: so terrible.
0: Yeah. I
1: know. That's why I was like, oh, I can't leave because I felt really bad for him.
0: <laughs> well, imagine how it felt for him. Like every minute felt like 10 years to him.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah.
2: So these are some Voltaire quotes. Internalize them.
1: Thanks Leo. Make your life all about them.
2: All right. Well, if you learned a lot from this, why don't you check out us on social media? We're yeah, what 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 did Oh, why don't you make it with us <laughs> on social media? We're at Fire the Cannon Pod on TikTok, Twitter, and a third one. Instagram. 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 If you go on patreon.com/firethecannon slash You can give us all the money you want to give us, and we really do appreciate the support.
0: Yeah, all the money you want. Zero dollars all the way up to infinity dollars, whatever your choice.
1: Most of you are giving us zero, but that could change. I mean,
0: (laughs) you appreciate (laughs) us and you're supporting us just by listening, so we do appreciate that. And if you want to show your appreciation in a a monetary form to conform with the – unfettered capitalist society we live in, then that's fine too. We're not a fan of it, but we are, um, we
2: like it. <laughs> what? And a good way to finance your giving is to buy every lottery ticket.
1: And then give us the proceeds. Yeah, we
2: heard there's a loophole. You can try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and check out our email. Send us an email. pod at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, this is a new thing we tried doing a separate episode about the writer. So, you know, if you've got an opinion on it, share it with us. Yeah, tell us what you think. Did you like this? Did you not like it?
2: Tweet at us. Find us on Facebook and Facebook us.
0: Okay. Okay. thanks everybody for listening. Have a great week. Au revoir. Bye. Bye. Au revoir.